everybody. Hunter Homestek, General Manager of 247 Fighting Championships here. Nice to see you guys again. You know, this podcast is going to be a little different. Um, full disclosure, Ryan's favorite term that I say, says he says I say full disclosure a lot. I'm not sure if that's true or if he's just being a hater. So you guys will have to let me know on that. But I'm going to Austin, Texas for a couple of days, flying out Friday to Monday. So going to keep this one a little quicker. Um, no guests today but a topic that I think you guys are going to be pretty interested in. So, Flood City Fight Night 2 just wrapped up in Johnstown. That event was this past Saturday, May 14th, and it was awesome. I mean, the fights were freaking amazing. Um, one thing we talk about, Jim, Ryan, our whole executive team and everything here at 247, is that as far as fights go, that's never a worry. There's so much stress that comes with fight night. There are so many things to worry about, so many things to stress. But one thing that we're literally never worried about is that the fights will be amazing. And these guys definitely deliver. You know, Matt Factory, head coach, local legend Isaac Greeley, before the show came up to me and he's like, You know, Hunter, like these cards always end up being the best cards. The ones, it was an all amateur card. It wasn't quite as hyped as, you know, our last couple cards with Kama Worthy and everything and a lot of pro bouts in Monroeville. But Fight for fight, Flood City Fight Night 2 might have been the most entertaining card out of the last couple, our, our most entertaining card of 2022 so far. I mean, you guys all saw the Josh Visoki knockout, I'm sure, which was actually just named Knockout of the Week by Fight Front, which is like MMA on Point Sister site. They had like 60-some thousand subscribers on YouTube, and they named Josh's Knockout number one. So thank you guys for that. If you haven't seen Josh's Knockout yet, I don't even know what you're doing with your life. You got to go do that. We posted it everywhere. We had awesome 4K footage of it. So a great angle, a great look at it. And yeah, that that was devastating. And then, of course, Julian Flannery with the nine second KO in the main event. Um, There's a lot to love about that show, I guess, is what I'm getting at here. So I actually wrote an article as well. It's on the website, 247fighting.com. It was like my take on every fight at FCFN2. I literally talked about every fight, some maybe behind the scenesy kind of stuff that you didn't see if you were there or like that. I like to share my perspective on things after they've happened because it really, in my position being so behind the scenes and so involved as I am now, you really do see, hear, experience a lot that doesn't make it out to the public. And I think when I, before when I covered the sport as a journalist, you know, when I worked for Bleach Report and Flow Combat and MMA fighting, strictly on that media side i saw the sport a particular way and now on this side of things i'm seeing it in a completely different way so i try to think of if i was a journalist if i was still just a reporter like what about this show would i like to know what is the cool behind the scenes stuff right now for this show so when i write those articles i try to keep that in mind you know what's interesting for you as a reader to learn and um, that's exactly also the theme of this podcast today. So as you guys know, Ferdaz Naimi, Bobby Murda out of the Matt factory was scheduled to face Anthony Morris from team Savage in Cleveland at this card. And uh, we love that fight. We absolutely love that fight. We were super excited for that fight. Advanced amateur rules. I know Ferdaz and Anthony were both excited about being an advanced amateur and it was a great matchup. And it was a guy with an Anthony coming off two straight wins versus a guy in Ferdos who's never lost 3-0. and 
So there was a lot, there were a lot of layers of intrigue to that. Stylistically, I think it looked like striker versus grappler. You never know how those things actually pan out, but it looked that way. It looked like, you know, Ferdaz would give Anthony a test on the feet and Anthony would give Ferdaz a test in the grappling department. So it was going to be interesting to see how each guy dealt with that. Ultimately, the fight never happened. And I'm going to tell you guys exactly why. And I don't think when fights normally fall out, I don't think you ever really hear the truth. So once again, I'm trying to think of things, you know, what would they like to know? And what can we just be honest about and be transparent about? So this is it. And one thing that I personally always say, this is a just a personal value of mine, is when I make a mistake, I'm going to tell you I made a mistake. And I'm going to own it. And then I'm going to take the steps to never make that mistake again. So that's how we try to do things at 247 as well. And we made a mistake. So the reason why the fight didn't happen. This fight was contracted at a 150-pound catchweight. When Anthony's team first came to us looking for a fight, they asked if we had anything at 150 or 155 for Anthony. Um, I don't think they wanted him to cut much weight. So 150, 155, we said we have a 145-pounder. Ferdaz that's looking to get matched. I don't know if Anthony would want to fight that light. Um, from there, they checked Ferdaz out, ultimately accepted the bout, which we thought was going to be at 150 pounds. So we discussed the possibility with the Matt Factory, with their team, and said 150 pounds. Their guy doesn't think he can get down to 145 or doesn't want to. And we don't. I don't remember how he phrased it. At any rate, their guy wants 150 or 155. I know 155 is out of the question for Ferdos. How would you feel about 150 for Ferdos? They accepted. Obviously, contracts were drawn up. 150, 150, 150, all around. Everybody signed their contract for 150. Fine. That was that was totally perfect. Where the communication broke down. So the way we do this is we have little um, Facebook Messenger groups. For everybody. That's how we communicate with most fighters, most coaches. Occasionally, you know, we'll call, text if we need something, but the vast majority of communication is on Facebook Messenger because we have a matchmaking group that Ryan, Jim, and I all have access to. So we can all see and respond to messages. It just helps things from lingering. We don't like issues to ever just linger. So whoever sees it can answer it and advance it. So Anthony's team wanted this fight at 150, 155. We eventually got it. Ferdaz at 150 cleared with the mat factory contract signed. Once again, here's the problem with Anthony's team. We only ever said we have a 145 pounder Ferdaz Naimi. And then the next thing we said was Ferdaz's team has accepted the fight. We never confirmed with Anthony's team that it was going to be at 150, which even though that was their request and their preference, their team was led to believe since all they heard from us was we have a 145 pounder that the fight was at 145 pounds. So when Ferdaz weighed in, I think he weighed like 149 on the dot, 149.2, something like that. They were baffled. They thought he missed weight. They thought it was at 145. And Anthony weighed in all the way down at 142. So he cut weight and actually over 
cut weight, especially, you know, if he wanted 150, 155, it sounds like he had a pretty uh, involved weight cut to get all the way down to 142. So they're looking at a seven pound disadvantage and they weren't okay with that. Um, Anthony's coach was rightfully so upset. He showed me the messages. Um, I pulled up the contracts right away because I thought maybe all along we thought this was at 150 and the contract did say 145. But obviously, Ferdaz and Matt Factory knew it was at 150. Like I said, we communicated that very clearly to them. The problem was that we never communicated it to the other side. We made an assumption based on the fact that they said they wanted 150, 155, that they would have known that. But how could they have possibly known that when all we said is we have a 145 pounder? I totally see where they're coming from. And once again, we completely owned up to that with them. Even though 150 was in the contract, as far as the messaging went, they were led to believe that it was at 145. So we weren't clear about the weights. And that is just so unacceptable on so many levels. It's such a lesson in communication and attention to detail and transparency and so much more. I mean, Ferdaz lost out on, I'm sure, sponsorship money, ticket sale money. He is under uh, first-round management now. I'm sure they had a lot of things lined up for him should he win-lose regardless. I'm sure there were things lined up on so many levels, not to mention weight cut, nutrition, mental preparation for a fight, physical preparation for a fight on both sides. Anthony and his team came all the way from Cleveland for nothing, ultimately. And obviously leaves with a bad taste in their mouth about us because they felt that they were misled. They, And to be totally clear, <laughs> we would absolutely never intentionally mislead a fighter and try to pull the wool over their eyes in that way. Like, oh, here's this 145 fighter. Hey, real quick, write in the contract 150. They're not going to read it. Write 150 so you can have an advantage. Like, I get... In the heat of the moment, they they maybe thought that something dirty like that happened, but that just, A, is never how we would operate, and B, doesn't make sense because Ferdaz is actually the smaller fighter. It would have benefited Ferdaz to be at 145. So if, if we were trying to help Ferdaz, help the local fighter, we would never have made it at a heavier weight for a lighter guy. It actually benefited Anthony, as it was originally constructed at the 150 in the contract. So ultimately we tried a lot of things. We explored kind of every avenue. We even considered having Ferdos do a day of fight weigh in. Um, like if he could hit 147 the day of just to confirm that he didn't, you know, bloat back up to 165 or something like that and now have a ridiculous weight advantage over Anthony who cut down to 142. Ultimately, everything we tried, there was it was no go. Um, definitely seemed like they were completely intent on not taking the fight due to what they felt was a misleading situation. And I understand why. And I told Anthony's coach that. I told Anthony that. told Anthony's coach that multiple times. I apologized. I said, I see what you're saying. I hear you. Because... I could tell that he was a little defensive at first, thinking that we were going to push back on it or try to argue like, hey, you signed the contract, you got to fight. But like I said, that's not how we want to operate. I completely feel that we owned up to it and 
let him know, like, you're not crazy here. We looked at the Facebook messages. We read the messages back, and not once did we mention the fight was at 150. All they saw was that we had a featherweight available. So it was a huge injustice to both Anthony's team and the Matt Factory and both fighters. And I'm just gutted for both sides, man. Seeing Ferdaz out there, and, I mean, anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I think the world of Ferdaz as a person and as a fighter and ditto for Anthony in my experiences with him. Like, not only was this a bad look for us on that level, but the fans missed out on an awesome fight. We missed out on a chance to promote two really, really, really good up-and-coming fighters, which is how organizations grow. You know, Ferdos wins, Anthony wins, whoever wins and then goes on to do great things, maybe makes it to Bellator, maybe makes it to the UFC. We want to be able to say we helped build them up and we had their fights and we had this fight and we had that fight. But now we've just opened the door for them to fight somebody somewhere else in the meantime. So instead of us having their fight, now it's somebody else's opportunity. Unless we can rebook it for July 9th, which obviously is something we really want to do. We would love to run that one back at the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows on July 9th. So that's on the table still, as far as I know. So that's something that we're going to target. But yeah, I wanted to uh, I wanted to break this down because I saw some people asking about it. I saw some people noticing, hey, why didn't Ferdos fight? Why didn't Anthony Morris fight? And that's why we communicated poorly with Anthony's team and that completely jeopardized the fight. It's our fault straight up. It is. And Ferdos was beyond um, humble and gracious about the situation. Like that was a terrible situation for him. And he had every right to, uh, hate us or throw that in our face and be the, you know, how could you guys mess this up? You just ruined my opportunity to fight. But he took none of those avenues, took the high road at every step, just said, you know, things happen. We understand, like, we don't hate you. You're good. It's not your fault, even though it completely was our fault. So <laughs> even though, even though Ferdaz was fine with it and Anthony ultimately was fine with it, um, we're not fine with it. So I just wanted to do this podcast to, let you guys know what happened when we mess up, you know, I want to put it out there. I want to let you guys know. I want to be transparent because our mission, and I say this a lot and I know I say this a lot on the podcast, but our mission to grow the sport of MMA in Western PA can't happen without transparency and without honest conversations like this, because we are going to mess up sometimes. Like we're all going to mess up sometimes. That's not the problem. The problem is when you hide it, or you try to work around it, you you compound an error with another error, that's when things don't work, and that's when you don't get growth. So I think by setting the standard instead of, hey, whenever we mess up, we're going to own up to it and explain why and learn from it, and all of us, it's out in the open now. Like there doesn't need, There's no rumors about what happened with this fight, you know, because I just we just told you exactly what happened with the fight. There's no need for rumors or anything like that. We'll just be open and transparent and get it out there so there you go that's that's what happened with the fight it was a misunderstanding of the weight class contracted awful i can't i still it's, it bugs me when i think about it now it really bugs me on so many levels like i said ultimately we missed out on an awesome fight though um i would love to rebook it like i said hope to get both of those guys back in there 
July 9th, but uh, we'll work on that. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's it, guys. That's today's podcast. Wasn't exactly a fun one. Wasn't necessarily what I love talking about by any means, but I am glad that we can get it out there, get it in the open, be honest with you guys, and and get you guys the facts and, and keep moving forward. That's ultimately what matters here is that you push on, you know, you got to, if you make a mistake, like I said, own it, learn from it and move on and just don't make it again. I can guarantee you that this will never happen again. We've all learned our lesson. Me, Ryan and Jim definitely had a heart to heart after that one and uh, threw it all out there. We know that can't happen again. That's not acceptable to us. And as much, like I said, as much as Anthony and Ferdos were, were cool with it and their teams are, were still gracious, it doesn't – to us, it's unacceptable. So that's where it all starts, and that's why it'll never happen again. So we're going to keep working, guys. We're, we're hammering away at this July 9th card right now. Braun the Bird 12 is going to be so freaking amazing. I cannot wait to see all of you out there. We're working on the card as we speak got some fights already booked that are amazing that you'll be hearing the announcements shortly and we're working on a whole lot more so stay tuned to that thanks for listening hope that answers any of your questions and uh, follow us subscribe to us support the cause like i said we want this thing to be great we really think there's an opportunity to do something special here and we want to be the front runners of that movement we want to help push it forward we want to work with all these local gyms and grow the sport in western pa and just keep expanding. Give these fighters opportunities, man. They're amazing athletes. I kind of said it in a post after Flood City Fight Night too, but the courage and the preparation that it takes to get into that cage, it's unbelievable. And I know a lot of people see, oh, it's an amateur fighter. It doesn't really matter. Dude, the amateurs prepare just like pros in a lot of cases. Some of, some of these amateurs are just absolutely grinding out there and putting in so much work to get to fight night, to chase their dreams. And it's uh, oftentimes a very thankless job. You could go out there and get knocked out. You could go out there and get submitted. You could go out there and come out flat and just get caught. All these things can happen and all that work can feel like a loss. And then the task becomes grinding back from that, just not giving up and then grinding back from that. These people are amazing and they just, I feel they deserve a lot more respect. They deserve a lot more attention, a lot more promotion, ultimately a lot more money when the time comes. So these are all the things that we're working for. And I think it starts with, you know, hard conversations like this and then moves forward with great fights, which is what July 9th is going to be. So next step in the mission, guys, it's a bump in the road with that bout, with what happened. But I guarantee you we learned from it and we will be better because of it. So I'm very, once again, super sorry to the Matt Factory, Team Savage, everybody affected by that bout, all the friends and family that wanted to see it. It sucks. And we're sorry. And I know that doesn't go a whole way towards making the fight happen or anything, but just know we do recognize that we goofed there. So thanks again, guys. Again, subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you again next week with a little fight announcement, I do believe. So stay tuned for that. And then tickets will be on sale for Brawl the Berg 12 shortly after that. We'll have information as well. Let's get it, guys. It's heating up.